Welcome to Founders of Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And before we get to an awesome podcast with David Blumberg of Blumberg Capital, quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is our favorite payroll system, favorite benefit system, an amazing IT integration that allows you to get your new hires up and running with all the web services super fast. It just provisions them automatically. And in this kind of climate, if you're if you're unfortunately having to let a couple of people go, it helps you deprovision very quickly. So it's an amazing service. We love it. Saves tons of time for us and and just love Rippling in general. So check them out. And now to David Blumberg of Blumberg Capital. Welcome, David. Thank you, Scott. So good to be here. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's awesome to have you. We had one of your, I I was just telling you before I turned the mic on that you're very smart for investing in Lendio. I was incredibly impressed with Brock, who was on, I think, last week. And uh, so, but maybe you can start by just giving your background a little bit and how you started Blumberg Capital. Sure. Venture capital is a business where you need to learn by losing a lot of money from other people first. So that's very true. um, You know, I have a lot of scars and a lot of errors in my history and arrows in my back. But now that I'm a little bit older, uh, that experience and those trials and tribulations are useful as uh, warnings for other people. So I, I specialize in saying, well, I don't want to tell you what to do, but here's what happened to me in that similar situation. So first of all, thank you for doing this. You're doing actually a public service as well as a commercial enterprise. And sometimes people don't even remember that commercial services are public enterprise. And I'm going to quote Walter Williams, who's one of my favorite economists. And he says, what is profit? Profit is a sign that you delivered something of value to somebody else who through their free will, and of course, we're not talking about coercion or deception, but if it was free will and full information, you've transacted something that somebody else couldn't build, couldn't make, couldn't do, and they want it, and you make a profit. That's wonderful. That is, if you're religious, that's, that's godliness. Oh, I love it. And you get to reinvest in your business and make it stronger and better. Exactly right. And so you keep serving more people and helping more people. Exactly right. So it's, we're all endeavoring this together, and there's no red, there's no blue, there's no rich, there's no poor. There's only all of us together, and some of us are healthier, and some of us are sicker, and we need to take care of each other and support and do the best we can through a completely unprecedented time in world history. And that, that's true. I mean, I totally agree. The Black Plague was not like this quite. I mean, it was bad. It was worse, but it was different. It's, okay. This is fast. This is yeah. very fast. It's crazy. Okay. So uh, you asked the basic question of how did Bloomberg Capital start and what's a venture capital firm? Yeah. Let me start with what's a venture capital firm. Venture capital firm takes in monies from major investors, institutions, and wealthy families, but it can be insurance companies and banks and pension funds and corporations and church endowments and all that stuff. The money is put together in a 10-year fund. And then we invest in entrepreneurs, usually starting companies, usually they're young people, to groups of two or three that then grow companies that go on to become Google or Facebook, or in our case, some of our unicorns we'll get to. So that's our job. So we take a very long-term horizon. Our companies take five, 10, sometimes more years to grow to their maturity. They're picked by date. And uh, so we're not day traders on the stock market. So even the stock market can be highly volatile, as it has been in the past two weeks. It doesn't really bother us. We're concerned about an entrepreneur's well-being of their whole company over a long-term duration. And almost all of them have cash flow to sustain them for at least 15 months. 
that we've seen across our portfolio. And by the way, our portfolio is about 70 companies, primarily in North America, wow. Israel, and a few in Europe. And so we have different global touch points. And these companies are selling in over 200 countries. And so they have data points of feedback from the market. And I'm happy to tell you that the Asian markets are already starting to reopen. Oh, that's awesome. Were you yeah. getting feedback from like your company selling? We are. Did, did you know about this two months ago, basically, kind of thing? <laughs> no, not, we're not that foresightful. I mean, we had some inklings and we yeah. were paying attention, but I don't think anybody quite understood. Um, I'm sure somebody will come out, you know, a year from now saying, I predicted it all. But not, <laughs> not many people really understood the full trajectory of the epidemiology. In any case, venture capital is a long-term team sport. It is not a sport for individuals. It's every founder has a team around them and they have their customers and their suppliers and their vendors. And, and almost all venture capital is then in syndication with other investors. So anyway, we're all in this together. We need to play by, you know, good kindergarten rules that you learn about sharing the ball and all those things. I totally agree. Totally agree. Wipe your hands, wash your hands afterwards. <laughs> so our time frame is long. Lumber Capital started in the early 90s. Uh, I had been honored to learn at the knees of great uh, VCs, uh, Fred Adler in New York, oh, Alan yeah. Patrikoff in New York and Paris, and, and Charles Bronfman in Montreal. And I made a number of investments for these groups over the years and then started my own firm called Bloomberg Capital, based in San Francisco with offices in Tel Aviv and uh, teams in New York and Florida. So we invest you know, in North America and Israel. We're early stage investors. So that means we are the pretty much the first institution that an entrepreneur would turn to. That's great. Uh, we often invest with angels, other individual investors, and with uh, other venture capitalists and corporate investors more and more increasingly. The area that we focus on is mostly business to business, enterprise software uh, uh, kinds of businesses. Mm -hmm. We have quite a large portfolio of fintech companies, and we're going to get to Lendio and a few others in that realm. Uh, we do a lot in cybersecurity, a lot in the combination, frankly, of artificial intelligence and big data, which, thank God, right now in this time of crisis, are really serving to save oh, yeah. humanity, frankly. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing how AI to the rescue. It's really cool. Also, just being like there's so many cool things happening where people are mapping outbreak data or it kind of helps people get serious and understand like, hey, we do need to stay indoors. We do need to be careful. Because the yeah. visualizations and the data is there, you know, it's it's it is an amazing time for AI and data visualization. If there's ever been a poster for your kids to study STEM courses, this is a good one. But I want to also give a shout out to all the blue collar folks, all the first responders, oh, yeah. the military. Everybody's doing their job right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. pretty amazing. And we should be grateful. Gratitude, most important human virtue, in my humble opinion. And uh, if you're grateful, you're always going to be happier. And if you're not grateful and you'll share that, you'll radiate that that happiness to other people, which is also important. Very well said. I, I, I live my life that way too. I like it. So let's move on. So uh, entrepreneurs, we talked about that. Venture capital. So Blumber Capital now manages about $550 million uh, across different funds, 70 companies, as I mentioned, internationally. Uh, and most of them are software business. So relatively speaking, now we go to COVID-19 crisis, we are doing better, frankly, than most sectors of the economy. And I don't want to lord it over anybody. I'm, I'm, we're just lucky. But um, our businesses are relatively less impacted because we don't have com many companies that sell directly to the consumer in a, in a bar situation, a flower yeah. shop, a restaurant. That's not our area of investing. 
most of our businesses are SaaS model. That means software as a service, and they have continuing contracts, and very few of their customers are stopping contracts for critical software. Absolutely. It's just yeah. not really happening. Yeah. Um, we're able to keep most of the employees, again, because most of our companies have relatively large uh, resources they have well you said, you said your average company had like 15 to 20 months of cash or something like that so they can that's right. they can that's weather right. it and they can keep investing which is super important it's almost like a it's not a benefit but it's kind of nice that they can fight through it and keep building and not have to slow down exactly right so they have the, the our companies have on average about 15 months of cash and we're of course encouraging to do encouraging the entrepreneurs to do scenario planning first that's the yeah. first thing you do you analyze the situation, you marshal the data best you can with your team of C-suite folks, you get all the input, you try and read reality right in the eye, don't hide from it, and then you do plus 10%, plus minus 20%, et cetera, et cetera, different scenarios. And in that process of planning, you will learn a lot about the pivot points of your business. Where do I have to react? How can I not only turn a defensive move, but maybe flip to an offensive move if things turn out a little bit better and I can now do an acquisition. We've had two of our companies do acquisitions during this crisis where we acquired smaller companies on unprecedented terms. I mean, One of them was a 100% earnout acquisition. Well, you're probably getting like some incredible technical teams too, right? That are just maybe didn't have product market fit, they're out of resources, and now's the time to you couldn't hire those people 6 months ago, but now you're getting them, you know, on on a in a good situation. That's right. So, I mean, again, you know, there's a silver, there's a black cloud, and then there's a silver lining on many of these things. I mean, horribly, sadly, we're, we're losing people right now to COVID-19, but there are no traffic accidents. Yep. Yep. Well, I think to your point about on the co company and venture capital side, like the strong companies consolidate the market and they can offer jobs to people because they're doing so well and, and give and extend employment, which is huge. That's going to be probably the, the story for the next six months is... Correct. Employ unemployment numbers and and people going to the big companies that are, are not even just big, just the strong companies that are doing well and, and finding a new new vocation there. Here, here's an idea. We're, let's talk about fintech and specifically yeah. the role that the SBA loans under the CARE Act will yes. provide stabilization for employment and so on, because that's really where this can help. And some, how some of this new technology we've been investing in in Lumber Capital uh, across our portfolio, and especially in fintech, are here to help. We're part of the solution. Well, and before we turn the mics on, you had some amazing news. Last week, we had Brock from Lendio, who was just a phenomenal guest. And he actually hopped on the podcast with me Friday afternoon, like the CARES Act had passed like an hour before. And that podcast was incredibly valuable to our client base because he really framed it really well and was pushing everyone towards the paycheck protection loans. Um, yes. Maybe you can give kind of like, this is a happy update. Like what's going on in Lendio? Well, I'll start pre-Lendio. Last yeah. night at about 10 p.m. in my kitchen uh, with my kids looking on, I signed one of these PPP program applications. I'll show it to you. Here it is. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and here's my signature. And <laughs> I'll protect the privacy of the company yeah, and the yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, we applied in this case for this company. And because Lumber Capital owns more than 20% of this company, we are potentially under the affiliate Yep. rules of the SBA. I won't go into huge detail. I've since heard as a from a law, law firm today that that form has already been changed and they've taken off the 20% requirement. So le less bureaucracy in the way. But the point is this little loan that I just applied for, for our 
company is going to probably save 43 jobs in Arkansas and for like about a million bucks. And, you know, it's going to mostly turn into a grant because if you've been following the way it works, is that the loan is 2.5 times your payroll. Yep. And then you can spend it on payroll, rent, mortgage, and utilities. So no capital equipment and don't go off to Tahiti, but, you know, you can spend it on the basic meats and meat and potatoes yep. of your business. And it mostly becomes a grant. Yep. I've been telling people it's it's like almost, I think the grant's actually a great way of saying it because I was saying it's an equity injection without the ownership. Like Non-dilutive. Yeah, it's non-dilutive. That's the big thing. Like Because sometimes like a more debt isn't going to solve the problem for a lot of these companies. Here's an analogy for young people. If they know what student loans are, yeah. this is like a scholarship. Oh, great. Great analogy. I love it. And I'm a, like you, I'm a pretty huge fan of this program because- there's so much chaos right now because COVID has come on so fast that stabilizing the market, stabilizing companies and stabilizing families yeah. through employment is really, really important. In two months, we're going to know so much more. Absolutely. The medical supplies will be built up. The hospitals will know what they're doing. We may even have a... Um, Anybody uh, test? Yeah, anybody. You know, So we'll, we'll, know, we'll know so much more. Yeah. So I actually think this is a great investment by the government and the people of the United States. It's really cool. I won't go to big macro theory. It's, it's controversial because here's the, here's the negative. I have to be honest here. Let's, let's yes. all be honest with each other. This is, away. this is a redistribution. It's not producing any more money. There's no money that's free. This money is being borrowed from the capital markets that our yep. descendants will have to pay off or taxes will have to rise. Or something. It just it doesn't come from nowhere. This is a enormously costly event for the world. I mean, it's it's trillions of dollars are just being lost, and they can't come back. Now they're trying to mitigate yeah. this through this temporary cash redistribution. Maybe we're borrowing a little bit from the future. Maybe some of us will pay higher taxes, but we're we're saving these jobs. And let me just go now go to Lendio. Lendio, L-E-N-D-I-O dot com. As Brock was on uh, last week as CEO, is a company based in Utah and New York. They, as of this, they're a marketplace for small business loans. And before this happened, before COVID, they were the largest small business marketplace yeah. in the world. Okay, they're all, wow, yeah, they'd already loaded load out pre-COVID. They'd done $2 billion in loans to tens of thousands of businesses. Now, today, this morning, <laughs> when it opened up, right, by noon Utah time, mountain time, they had processed over 20,000 loans. Wow. They typically wow. do 25,000 in a week, and that's halfway through the day. Actually, they, oh, no, they're yeah. going to be open until 9 p.m. Mountain yeah, time, yeah, or maybe they'll yeah. stay open later. They've hired, yeah. listen to this, they've hired over 100 people to be agents. Now they're working from home, but ultimately yep. they'll be in the office in Utah um, to help guide people through the process if needed. But most of it is automated. For most cases, you don't have to talk to a person. So it's Lendio.com. And the nice thing is you're not borrowing from Lendio. Lendio, the business model is ideal for this. As a VC, I have no risk for lending creditworthiness because we are a marketplace for lenders. So there, yep. there are entrepreneurs borrowing. And on the other side of our marketplace are banks and non-bank lenders, etc. And all of that money through the CARES Act is guaranteed 100% by the government so that the lenders will not lose money either. Yep. And I think the beauty of Lendio's business model is kind of why they're able to accept those applications so quickly today, while other banks have been stalling or not be able to do it, is they have a network of banks, right, that they work with and who are already SBA lenders and already approved and already had 
kind of their process set up where like, like SVB and First Republic, they've had to kind of get their process up. Like they're, they're building it. They're building as the airplane takes off. Right. Kind of that's the situation. Perfect analogy. It's, that's it. Yeah. Right. So India is like ready to roll. This is just like a normal week of their business well, on steroids. Right? It's not exactly normal. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-COVID, they got 25,000 applications a week. I'm not sure I should go into exact details, but suffice to say they would turn down about 85% typically. Mm-hmm. Today, it's going to be 80 to 90% probably that'll be accepted. Yeah, that's the amazing. Things are not going to be accepted is people have probably filled out the form wrong or made some terrible mistake, or it's a Japanese company that's trying to apply for a loan from the U.S. government, which won't work. Only yeah. American companies can apply. Um, and I, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't, I'm not sure about subsidiaries. I think subsidiaries can apply. Um, and they now also have taken off the rule that if you're a foreign citizen and you own more than 20%, that's no longer a barrier either. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's actually super important to know. That must have happened like last night or today. It did. It did. Okay, I, good. I was on a call two days ago with Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader in the House. And he said he had just spoken with Steve Mnuchin at the Treasury and that they were going to get rid of these some of these barriers, including yeah. the venture capital affiliation rule as well. So. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, and then, I mean, the cool thing is you've put, you've kind of, you and the Lendio team have put the hard work in to build the infrastructure. And now there's a catalyst like this. I mean, what other catalysts are you seeing out there in the fintech sector? Cause you've, you've made a lot of bets in the fintech sector. What other companies or what other things are working out for you? Well, there are three that I'd like to mention two in yeah. addition to Lendio right now. One is called Fundbox. Oh yeah. BOX. They're headquartered here in San Francisco. They were born from the last time there was a crisis. Remember back to 2008, nine, yeah, the yeah. world fell apart and people thought the world would end. Remember the world came back. Oh yeah. This world came back. The one, very important for everybody, whether you're a housewife, you're a house husband, you're an entrepreneur, you're a student, you're a grandma, grandpa, it doesn't matter. We will come back. The world will not end. Everyone has to long-term and short-term. Think both ways at the yeah. same time. Whenever you get too short-term and nervous, Think about over the rainbow, things will get better. And if you're too far over the rainbow, come back to earth and go call a neighbor or see if you can help somebody. I totally agree. Totally agree. So Funbox, I know the background, but but share with the audience. It's a really cool company. The thing about Funbox is last time of the crisis, of mortgage crisis, banks also pulled back yeah. for different reasons and stopped lending to small businesses. Yep. And a statistic that really struck us when we listened to the pitch from the founder, Al Shinar, was that... Typically, the day sales outstanding ratio, that means your receivables, essentially, equate to about 45 days of cash flow for a typical American small business. During the crisis of 2009, it doubled to 90 days. Yep. People just pay their bills slower. They pay their suppliers slower. So there's more collection problems and so on. So what Ayal and the team at Funbox did brilliantly, and now they're, I'd say, a unicorn ish they basically um, created an automated system to do credit underwriting and it uses ai machine learning specifically and all kinds of new data sources that come from the e-invoicing systems like quicken freshbooks and zero to essentially instantly do your credit underwriting whether you're a small hardware store or a small software company and then create a loan that is a very short-term loan, and you can use it to manage your cash flow. So they're up and running and doing very well, and they're part of the Lendio marketplace. 
are they integrated into QuickBooks too, or they have a deal with QuickBooks yes. or a relationship? Okay. Yeah. There's yes. this, there's a and many other and many other. There's a young lady named Lori Rosenberg who's a Cruise Consulting alumni who I think is the number two in accounting there at Funbox. So shout out to Lori. Uh, but that's one of the reasons I know the company so well is they're doing really really. That's that's phenomenal. So Funbox yeah, been great. Who else? Who else is? Then let's not talk about the consumer, and let's not talk about. Those of us fortunate to live in San Francisco and to be, you know, doing okay. Let's talk about people who are more at the lower end of the economic ladder. Yeah. People who are subprime, what are called subprime borrowers, they need help too. Probably more help than anybody, and especially if they've been hourly workers and they may be now completely out of a job or their contractors that got cut off. So those folks really need help. Now, luckily, we have a company called Catapult, K-A-T-A-P-U-L-T, based in New York, and they are a lease to own subprime lender that works with online retailers. Oh, very, like smart. very smart. Okay. Or Lenovo or yeah. Samsung and a bunch of others. And so if you want to buy your big screen TV, cause you're all cooped up at home, yeah. the perfect thing to do. And they've been, their business has been booming in the last two weeks, as has Funbox, as has Lendio, as we just spoke about. So those are three examples and we have more. I want to get to supply chain in a moment, but FinTech is here to help. And, you know, it's not perfect everywhere and there are going to be errors and there are people going to be frustrated and some people won't get the loans that they deserve. And, you know, we can't solve all problems, but people are doing better than I expected. And I think we're doing kind of pretty well, given the gravity of the situation. Yeah. I love what you said, too. FinTech is here to help. I believe that sincerely. And I've been a FinTech investor for many years and I've seen innovation in FinTech and it, it really does help. And this is the Lendio example is probably the best example I can think of because like a lot of traditional banks are, haven't been moving as fast and I'm seeing it on the accounting side. It's really stressing our clients out and I don't blame them. And yeah. So kudos, kudos to the give, pioneers. Let me give one more point and that is a little bit of empathy to the banks. Oh, big time. They yeah. are mostly dealing with legacy software they have been overregulated for decades. Yeah. They live under scrutiny of critics that will attack them in the press ruthlessly for the least infraction and even inadvertent problems. I mean, nobody's, men, no, not many people are trying to hurt their customers. Some people, there are a few bad guys in, you know, in every creative outlet, yeah. but most of these people are frankly being you know, strung up for mistaken violation of certain obscure polit policies and regulations. It's so hard and there's often a gray judgment zone and so on. So I have a lot of empathy for them. I'll give you one example of how quickly the government responded when the, the banks sort of cried foul. The original interest rate was going to be 0.5%. And the bank said, that guarantees that we will all lose money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Us. We have staff to pay. That. It's crazy. Stephen quickly. I mean, like overnight, changed it to one percent. Even so that, I, I, I that's still too low still, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's better than nothing. Yeah. Well, I also think I agree with you because I've been talking. We have a lot of relationships. Our clients have over a billion dollars in cash, so like we have a lot of relationships. And I'm talking to First Republic and SVB like three times a day, four times a day, and they're kind of being left out in the cold because what what really happened was the SBA didn't give them enough guidance to like know actually how these loans are going to be funded and stuff like that. So they're, they're kind of taking a bullet for the SBA and treasury. Now I'm glad the SBA and treasury did move really fast because people need the money. Uh, yeah. But the banks, the banks are actually, they're doing a lot. They're doing good work here and they're kind of getting, they're kind of getting blamed for a lot of stuff. That's not their fault. 
if I could just give a little bit of a soapbox. Yeah. I urge people to do less blaming. Yeah. Yeah. Turn yourself from a, of a mentality that like, oh, woe is me. It's all, you know, I mean, how do I avoid getting the virus? How do I save my money? How do I protect me? Instead of that, turn it around and flip it backwards. How can I help avoid giving it to anybody else? Yep. How can I care for those most in need? How can I become an ordinary hero and do the right thing? Let's take John F. Kennedy's famous phrase, ask not what my country can do for me, ask what my, I can do for my country. Yeah, I love it. Take it to your family, take it to your community, take it to your business. And then here's another thing, a man named Greg Brenneman, another podcast that I listened to, and he said something very profound. And I think at this time, it's super important to repeat and repeat and repeat. Great leaders and every, I want to say every CEO listening, you are already a great leader. Young or old, man or woman, doesn't matter anything. You're already a great leader because you've taken the initiative to create something that didn't exist. Your business wouldn't have existed, but for you. Yeah. So praise you. Amen. Now, number two, great leaders in a time of crisis, especially absorb fear and exude hope. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's very good for ourselves. And we spread out the good news. And think about if you're a parent, you don't want to scare your kids. You don't want to scare those around you. They're not in a position to evaluate or frankly, to react. You got to absorb that fear, you know, to a great degree, not everything, but as best you can and put out the good stuff, not happy face Pollyanna, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It absorb the fear and exude the positive strength. I love that. That's really good. Well, let's, okay. let's, I, I promise I'll take too much of your time. So let's talk uh, supply chain because it is super yeah. important. It's as important as, as fintech right now. And I think you've, you've actually made some bets in the sector. So you're super plugged in, right? Yes. And I'll just say I'm sitting in my third floor office in my home in San Francisco, high on a hill, looking out over the bay. And I'm so excited whenever I see container ships going in or out. Yeah. Uh, fully loaded is better we than need that stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, the supply chain is what keeps all of us fed. Now, those of us in California should really be thanking the lucky stars that we have the farm community. I grew up in Fresno. So thank those farmers and the truckers and the packers because we supply two thirds of the fruits and nuts in uh, the United States and one half, I believe, of all vegetables, something like that. Wow. It's That's incredible. Crazy. Maybe a third, a third. But anyway, it's, it's, it's way out of proportion. And it's mainly the Central Valley and the, the region around Monterey Bay. Yep. It's amazing. They're so productive. Thank goodness those supply chains have remained open. And yep. then also where the United States in general is the world's largest producer of food, et cetera, et cetera. And best of all, I, I was telling you, we just made a new investment in one company. We have, I think, four in the supply chain area in software. And what is the supply chain? Let me define that. Supply chain is what helps... The ultimate consumer, whether it's a business or a family, get the products with all of the intermediary retailers, transportation, mm. production, um, wholesale retail, uh, mineral extraction, all that. So you got to go all the way back. Mm. The best thing to do is take a candy bar, think about where all the ingredients came from, what processes had to go into that. You will find that it comes from 100 countries, You know, thousands of people worked on it to get you that candy bar. Yeah, it's amazing. So that's the supply chain and it involves warehousing and truckers and trains and boats and planes and all that. Okay. Software that can manage all of this is rare and it's almost all legacy and it's very clunky and it doesn't do predictive analytics very well. It doesn't do intermodal. That means between the types of transportation very well. One company we just invested in this week 
is called Slink. That's spelled S-L-Y-N-C dot I-O for their website. They are a producer of software for global supply chain management. And we just talked about supply chain. This is the software that helps um, optimize, uh, do route management, tracking of intermodal shipments, um, keep track from end to end, uh, say factory or port to destination, retailer or distribution center, very complicated stuff. It, it usually competes with things that have been built 20, 30, 40 years ago in-house in most cases. And their customers include some of the largest freight forwarders in the world, such as DHL, Expeditors, and a very famous, the largest in the world called Kuhn and Nagel, based in Germany. So they're doing really well. We've heard from them that their offices and ports in China, Korea, Taiwan, Japan, Singapore are starting to reopen. And so the supply chain is working again. And wow. there'll be some yeah. creakiness for a while. But uh, as soon as demand starts to reappear, the supply chain will bounce back into resilience. And with using technology like Slink, um, managers of the supply chain will be easier able to react, be proactive, manage and optimize uh, going forward. It is so important. Also, they can, they can, I'm sure there's like some smart routing and smart stuff like that, where like I was telling, it's kind of a joke, but there was a, our, one of our team members, like all the truck with all the toilet paper was heading into Dallas and it caught on fire. So now Dallas is not toilet paper, but like a smart supply chain software tool could see that event happen and probably reroute some other stuff and make everyone more efficient and probably take advantage of the opportunity there, right? That's that's kind that's of how right. the software world. You want to get ahead of a problem like that, so you know what doesn't hit the fan. <laughs> wow, that was masterful right there. That was amazing. Um, well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming by. First of all, I love this how your their John F. Kennedy kind of thing where we can all help each other. And the the amazing thing is I've been seeing that there's so many companies that are doing good in the world. It's really powerful. And people, people are really pulling together. It's really fun to watch. And I'm excited. I'm excited that some of the other companies that you've invested in are, are enabling, you know, companies that really need capital. They're able to access it through the companies that you're working with or the toilet paper, pe- the things that we need, and all the household essentials. They're getting it through the companies you invested in, too. So that's, that's really cool. You're making a really nice contribution to society, too. And it's amazing that you're doing deals right now. That's a real show of strength. That's really cool. We are continuing to invest in new companies and support our existing portfolio. And it's not the same all across the board. Some are easier to support than others. But uh, yeah, we've been through this before, and we will all get through this together. And as you know, information is power, and you are part of the network that gets information out and distributes it. And here's one more recommendation. If you're getting a little bit stressed, don't watch cable news. Oh, don't watch news no. at all. TV is a bad medium. Listen to podcasts, yeah. read, do long form journalism, not short form, and 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 you'll thank yourself. I mean, oh. you'll you'll get a lot more knowledgeable and you'll be a lot less anxious. Totally agree. We one of our clients is Calm, and I've been doing the meditation app every every night now, and it just it right. just really it really helps. It just does, you know. So. Um, well, David, thank you so much for coming by. If people are interested, check out BlumbergCapital.com. And we're very grateful for your time. By the way, yes. our companies are still hiring. That's amazing. Okay. Yes. Everybody should get to know venture capitalists because all of our companies are still, not all, but many are still hiring even through this. Yeah. They might not be hiring as fast. And some of them, unfortunately, are doing layoffs or freezes, but most are still hiring selectively. And that may not be the tr- case for the rest of the uh, economy for a while. So- 
Check us out. And they're well Lumber capitalized Kelly. and can make it through, which is which is something you're also looking for when you're taking a new job. So, okay, David, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming by. Thank you. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Old.